0: Welcome to it's all political on Fifth and Mission. I'm Joe Garofoli, The Chronicle's senior political writer. On Tuesday, Oakland Congresswoman Barbara Lee launched her campaign for the U.S. Senate to replace Senator Dianne Feinstein, who is retiring after her term ends in 2024. Lee's represented the East Bay in the state legislature and in the House for more than three decades. She's a national icon in progressive Democratic circles. Much of that support is rooted in Lee being the only member of Congress not to vote for authorizing the United States to go to war after the September 11th terrorist attacks.
1: As a member of the clergy so eloquently said, as we act, let us not become the evil that we deplore. But running for Senate in California is a different challenge.
0: It's going to take a ton of money to get her message out in the nation's most populous state. Because Lee routinely wins her House races with more than 80% of the vote, she hasn't had to raise a lot of money over the years. A couple years ago, she told me that it's 10 times harder for her to raise money as it is for many of her colleagues. And that's because she's a black progressive woman, she said. And the Democrats who have already announced their Senate campaigns are fundraising powerhouses. Congresswoman Katie Porter of Orange County and Congressman Adam Schiff of Burbank. Lee spoke to the Chronicle first as she launched her campaign. I started by asking her why she decided to run for the Senate and leave a House seat she probably could have held for as long as she wanted.
1: Well, Joe, first of all, let me tell you, I think uh, this last time I won by approximately 90% of the vote. And I I say that because it shows that when you connect with voters directly uh, and engage in dialogue with voters and allow voters to understand what you're doing and working for them each and every day, and then combine that with get-out-to-vote effort, uh, you can turn voters out. I think we had probably 215,000 votes this last congressional election, and that's because we worked at it. And so I really want to thank my constituents for really making us one of the largest turnout uh, districts uh, in the state, and I'm sure uh, in the country. And and now, yes, uh, I'm going to launch my campaign uh, for the United States Senate. The Senate, um, I believe, uh, needs a champion for many of the issues that uh, are not um, highlighted and lifted up, nor debated in the Senate. A couple of examples: examples of issues around income inequality, and issues around um, fighting for uh, pe- lifting to lift people out of poverty. Those issues aren't raised in the Senate. Uh, My background in terms of not being afraid to stand up for what is right. And when you look at many of the uh, gaps in the Senate, uh, I think at this point in our history that the Senate needs a a candidate, a senator like myself who can bring one's lived experiences, connect with voters, because I know exactly uh, what California, um, the majority of Californians really uh, are dealing with each and every day because I've had many of those lived experiences
0: as you know two of your fellow Democrats are also running for the Senate as well ever since Katie Porter and Adam Schiff had jumped into the race Democrats on social media are asking and uh, asking me in person what's the difference between these three they largely share the same views on a lot of issues what's the difference between you and these other two
1: well Joe uh, my my experiences as an African- American woman who raised uh, two children on public assistance uh as a person who understands uh, what what families need in terms of childcare, my lived experiences. Uh, when you look at uh, issues that I've had to deal with all of my life in terms of uh, inequality, in terms of uh, gender and uh, racial discrimination, so many Californians deal with these issues each and every day. And so I believe that uh, what I have done in the past in terms of just uh, taking up, for example, legislation, um, I Authored California's uh, Violence Against Women Act. I came out of a very uh, violent situation at one point in my life uh, when I uh, stepped forward to uh, talk about an abortion that I had, which was very difficult uh, in terms of uh, my being pro, uh, the pro-choice caucus co-chair, but also when these uh, horrible decisions, abortion restrictions came down. You know, I took a deep breath, had the courage to stand up and talk about when I was 15 before Roe. I had an abortion. It was illegal. It was a back alley abortion. It was scary. I knew I could be put in jail. It was criminal. It uh, it was a crime in Mexico and it was a crime in California throughout the whole country. These lived experiences, I think, really uh, connect with voters and what many uh, Californians are dealing with each and every day. Uh, And so I think. What I bring is not only my lived experiences, but my history of my progressive values and being able to turn my lived experiences into into policy initiatives and being able to get the job done for people to help make their lives better, to help lift people out of poverty, and to help enhance the quality of life, which every Californian so deserves.
0: And we've spoken about both of those issues on the podcast before. And as you know, only two Black women have ever been elected to the U.S. Senate. How important are you going to make representation a part of your Senate campaign?
1: Joe, let me tell you, representation really matters. The lens of everybody in this country should be part of the Senate. Let me clarify one point. Since 1789, when the first House and Senate went into session, there have been two African-American women serving a total of 10 years. That's since 1789. That's Vice President Kamala Harris and former Senator Carol mosley Brown. Now, imagine the lens, the perspective, the life experiences, the uh, the historical understanding of this country. Uh, so it's not just about a Black woman being in the Senate. It's about making our country stronger because Black women have had to, to meet so many challenges in this country. And not only do we fight for people of color and women, we fight for the country. We fight to make America live up to its creed of liberty and justice for all. And so that's a very important point. Uh, in terms of just the lens and perspectives and life experiences and background. The Senate uh, should have uh, more than one woman of color, or black woman in the Senate. I mean, two since 1789. Another thing I've heard about and written about is your age.
0: You are 76. And I've heard people say, I love Barbara Lee, but I'm concerned about her age. And You've heard donors say it too. What do you tell voters? What do you tell donors who have those concerns?
1: Well, I'm going to tell them, uh, first of all, I'm a black woman who grew up in segregation. I, I fought my way into the House. I'm going to prove people wrong once again. Every time they say I can't do something for whatever reason, you know, I'm determined to prove them wrong. I have plenty of energy. Experience matters, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, you, you can't go in and, and with the MAGA Trump extremists in this country now, with our democracy as such a fra- in such a fragile state, and not have people who have had the experience fighting. Uh, Having backbone, having courage to take on a lot of the issues, and and I've done that. So I think uh, representation matters, but also experience matters, and I think I have demonstrated that throughout my life. And I'm going to keep fighting, and I'm going to win this race. I've heard you would be
0: willing to only serve one term. Is that accurate?
1: I don't know who said that. Who said that? I'm going to be fighting in the Senate, uh, you know, for California. That's the issue, you know, and so. And, and, you know, I I just have to remind you, you know, Bernie Sanders um, is older than myself and he won California. It's about speaking to the voters. It's about showing what you've done and what you're going to do to make all Californians uh, to give to fight for their lives to be better and, and for the cost of living to come down and for education and for housing. That's what it's about. And so I believe California voters and I think they've demonstrated that over and over again. If they can vote and Bernie Sanders can win a primary in California, Barbara Lee certainly can win to be the next United States senator. Come on.
0: (laughs) You told me something about fundraising on this very podcast a couple of years ago.
1: For me to raise money, uh, being a black woman progressive is 10 times harder than it is for anybody else.
0: Now, you haven't had to raise much money for your house raises, at least compared to others, because as you said, they haven't been that competitive. You, you win with 90% of the vote this last time. How are you going to be able to raise that money? Now we're talking 20 million, 40 million, maybe dollars. How are you going to be able to do that?
1: First of all, uh, Joe, no question. There are hurdles for black women. Okay. They have to overcome. Uh, that's the way the system so far is designed. The barriers are inherent they're systematic. Okay, so what do we do? We have to overcome those barriers. So, the, the first thing, also, just let me digress for a minute. I've been raising money, but you know what? I've been giving money to the party. I've been giving money for women and women of color to win the House races. You can look at my record. I mean, I have been, I started a group because I knew how hard it was for women of color and black women to win these races and how sometimes the institutional money doesn't come. I started Representation Matters on the outside. Because I couldn't do it on the inside. And I've been raising money through Representation Matters for years. I've been raising money for the DCCC for years. I've been raising money for candidates for years. I've been giving it away. Okay, so don't tell me that I can't raise money. But let me tell you, I can't raise money like those who have access to donors uh, who uh, don't won't support a black woman. That's that's some people just won't do it. Hmm. And so what do I have to do? I have to have a campaign, which is a campaign that I can win with, with the type of money I can raise. When you look at what uh, Mayor Bass has done, $9 million to $100 million. L.A. County is not the state of California. But there are ways that uh, women and women of color can uh, put together campaigns from the bottom up, grassroots organizing. And yes, we've got to do media. We've got to do a lot of it. But it's got to be targeted. We've got to go for voters who who I inspire who may or may not have voted before. And so I don't have enough money uh, to win and to get my message out. Okay, but I don't think I'm going to be a fundraiser like my other opponents because I'm Barbara Lee. (laughs) And so I'm confident I can raise the money to to win this uh, race.
0: Now, you and Katie Porter have served as members of the Progressive Caucus for many years. Adam Schiff has not. Amar Shergill, you know Amar, he's the chair of the Progressive Caucus, the California Democratic Party. He doesn't think Schiff is a progressive, as Schiff claims to be. Do you think he's a progressive?
1: Listen, the voters of California, Joe, are going to have to make a decision on who's progressive, who isn't. I mean, I can talk about myself. I've been a progressive since I was born. And and so uh, (laughs) some call me OG, right? That's not original genius, but original gangster. I mean, I was a progressive. Uh, Way back in the day when I worked with Shirley Chisholm, Ron Dellums as his chief of staff. Uh, And Shirley Chisholm was the first Black woman elected to Congress. She was one of the first pro-reproductive justice Black women who spoke out against, uh, you know, uh, for uh, abortion rights. And so I've been a progressive from day one. I've co-chaired the Progressive Caucus in the California, in Congress. I've chaired the Congressional Black Caucus. And so uh, my progressive, and you can look at my votes on these wars. I mean, I was the only one who voted against the horrific uh, attacks after, you know, voted against the authorization to use force after the horrific attacks of 9-11. I voted against the Iraq war. I've been consistent in trying to repeal both of those because they set the stage for forever wars. And so you can look at my progressive record and you can look at my votes. And then the public will have to decide uh, if, if that's you know, the issue about who's more progressive than who. But I think what's important is that the voters are gonna determine who's gonna deliver for them, who's gonna speak up for them, who can relate to them, who, could, who, could, who has a history, right, of consistency. I mean, I don't drop the ball, I, I keep at it. And you know, Joe, I keep at it until I get it done. I worked with George Bush. No one believed, I, I, I mean, I voted against almost every policy he had. But when I saw that the AIDS crisis, the HIV and AIDS crisis were killing people here in America and and abroad, especially in Africa, I went to him. And I said, can we work together to develop uh, funding um, legislation? And I ended up PEPFAR, the Global Fund, working with the Bush administration and Republicans to do that. I get the job done. When it came down to the cannabis issues, I know good and well, uh, you know, the justice factors And how how black and brown people have been unjustly incarcerated by uh, with marijuana, marijuana beefs. So what did I do? Started the Cannabis Caucus with Republicans. And so where there are these gaps? And we're making progress on my Marijuana Justice Act and the more Act and all of the bills that I've initiated. I stood in the gap and I brought people together. And so I anyone can look at my record. And in California, I believe I've worked on behalf of the issues that Californians care about. And I want to keep doing that in
0: the Senate. We'll have more with Barbara Lee after a short break. She'll talk about how Senator Barbara Lee would be different from Senator Dianne Feinstein. You're listening to Fifth Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at fifth, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 415-777-6156. Here's more of my conversation with Congresswoman Barbara Lee. Now, as you alluded to earlier, you represented the East Bay in the legislature first for about 10 years. And then the House, uh, all told, for about 30 years now, more than 30 years. Yet Speaker Emerita Pelosi endorsed Schiff over two women in the race. What did that say to you?
1: First of all, Speaker Pelosi has a right to make her own decisions about who she endorses. I think what's important is that the voters will decide who can relate to their lives and who will fight for housing, who will fight for real public safety, who will fight to address the climate crisis, who's had the experience to really get the job done. And that's what's important It's the voters and connecting with the voters. And that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so You know, everyone has the right to endorse who they want to endorse. That's the nature of democracy. From
0: 1992 through 2020, California had two female senators. And there's a chance if a shift or another man wins that California will have two male senators. And as we know, as we've seen, these Senate seats don't turn over that often. How important will gender be in this campaign?
1: Well, gender is very important. Uh, Just as uh, race is important, gender is important, gender identity is important. And so it's about the most experienced person. I think it's about the candidate who can relate to the voters, relate to their everyday lives, and who has, has demonstrated that with progressive values, uh, he she can lead. And so we, <laughs> you know, she can lead. And I intend to be the one who wins this race because we have so many gaps in the Senate, Joe. Uh, you know, it, it's outrageous that we don't have... Uh, any African-American woman, once again, in the Senate, and that we don't have a woman in the Senate from California. Uh, and that's why I'm working. This is like hard work, but I'm going to do th- I'm putting in the hard work to win this seat because I really believe in in gender and racial and gender identity equality, and that's got to happen. California is a progressive state, and we have to have the diversity that reflects the population
0: you've long been seen as a leader, not only the anti-war movement, but for holding the military accountable for its budgets. But you and the other candidates have supported the, the, all the money the U.S. has sent to Ukraine for its war against Russia. What's different about that?
1: Listen, first of all, I chaired, uh, when we were in the majority, the first African-American woman to chair the Appropriations subcommittee on, it's called state and foreign operations. And much of the Ukraine money came through my subcommittee. The majority of it was humanitarian assistance, and it's all packaged in one bill. And I've been to Ukraine, and I've been to Poland. I've been in that neighborhood many times. And you can't tell me that Putin is not on the move. You can't tell me that he is not committing war crimes. You can't tell me that the pregnant women coming from Ukraine into Poland who can't get an abortion in Poland, that we need the resources to help them get to another country so that they can, who are raped. By the Russian soldiers. And and so I've seen it. I know what's going on there. And this is a fight not only to preserve uh, democracy, but it's a fight to make sure that uh, we, the United States, is on the right side of history and provides the resources, the economic resources, the humanitarian resources, so that uh, Ukrainian people can live in peace and in security. And right now, you know, we've got to help them. And this is not anything that uh i would be ashamed of talking about this is something with when you get these bills they're packaged they need uh, and the president's very clear that this is not a, uh, the military uh package is not going to allow for ground troops to go into ukraine nor allow for weapons to be um you know u.s weapons to get into ukraine i mean so it's a very delicate balance i agree but i know what this war is about And I know how dangerous it is. It's not only for the Ukrainian people. They're going to win. But it's also when you look at and I do a lot of um, foreign policy work, when you look at the geopolitical issues around this, you know, then you have Eastern Europe. I mean, this erosion of our democracy uh, throughout the world. Don't tell me it's not connected to what's happening here in the United States. okay? And so we have to protect democratic governments. Uh, in the best way we can, but we certainly have to protect the civilians and the people of Ukraine from this onslaught uh, of Putin's war. It's outrageous what's taking place. So I'll continue to support it, and I think we have to know what we're doing in terms of how we calibrate and how we uh, balance the budget, but uh, we certainly can't uh, leave them out there, and we certainly can't not support uh, the efforts of the Ukrainian uh, people right now.
0: What would be your most important priority in the senate
1: well you know coming from california okay but the priorities of of the people of california uh are what's most important and so and when you look at how i fight for what's right i will do i will fight for all the priorities that are the right priorities in california you have the climate crisis for example uh, we need more resources we need more policies in the senate that reflect california california has some of the best climate um policies in the, in the country, and I would support and uh, which I'm doing now, uh, having the president uh, support a climate crisis designation, we need that, and we need that right away. Also, mitigation efforts for fire and, and floods and all of the unusual weather, weather pat- patterns and mitigation efforts for low-income communities. When you look at the climate crisis and what's happening in terms of the health impacts, of low-income communities and impoverished uh, communities, it, it's really terrible. In, in my own district in Oakland, we have high asthma rates, high rates of cancer in West Oakland, where drugs, trucks idle, and th- there's a whole history of that. So, the climate crisis is one that I would take on both here at home and abroad. Because, as again, as chair of the uh, subcommittee that I mentioned earlier, we funded the Global uh, Green Climate Fund and all of the. Uh, international climate initiatives which really um we're responsible for all the fossil fuel debacles all over the world so we need to help these countries um uh, in terms of their recovery efforts so both on the uh, domestic level and on the uh california and uh, global level you know i would intend to do that and make that a priority secondly housing you know, we've got to get this housing crisis under control and the federal government can do a heck of a lot more. You don't hear many members of the Senate talk about unsheltered people. What are we going to do to make sure that housing is affordable? And of course, we know of one of the main causes of um, people living on the street are the cost of housing, rents. There, and, and I actually re- just introduced a bill, the Deposit Act, where we would put uh, resources for people who would become unsheltered into a fund where they could use that money to pay a security deposit or get into a home and help them the first couple of months. And so housing crisis has to be seen in a comprehensive way. We've got to do the work around um, helping unsheltered people, making the housing more affordable, rental assistance, but uh, the renters bill of rights we've got to pass. And also making sure that uh, those who want to and can purchase a home, we make it easier because the only pathway really to wealth acquisition in our country for most people is through equity in one's home. And so I would deal with housing um, with the secretary of HUD in, in a way that really benefits California in all of our housing needs. And that's very important. And then public safety. We've got to look at how we have real public safety for all of our communities and uh, and uh, police reform, criminal justice reform, those are big issues that uh, Californians are dealing with each and every day. Uh, and so whatever the issues are, they're my priorities. California's priorities are my priorities. And so we would do that in addition to continuing to fill some of the gaps. When you look at poverty rates in the Central Valley, Joe, some of the highest poverty rates uh, are in the Central Valley. Food insecurity, I serve on the agriculture. A lot of people don't know it. Subcommittee of the Appropriations Committee. I do a lot in terms of uh, family farmers, in terms of specialty crops, in terms of food security. And uh, then I'll be campaigning also in the Central Valley. But I want to make sure that uh, we lift up one of the big priorities is lifting up issues around poverty and people living on the edge. And you don't hear any member of the Senate talking about that. And so when I went to the House, no one was talking about I finally got the Task Force on Poverty and Opportunity established, 100 members joined. And out of that task force, we've been working on policies such as the child tax credit. Then we work on that through our appropriations committee and, you know, policies that will help Californians. We have a lot of people, a lot of children hungry in California. We have a lot of people living below the poverty line. So I'm going to fill that gap also.
0: And how would you differ from Senator Feinstein? obviously, your your lived experience is very different. but how, how would, as a Senator, how would you differ from her?
1: Well, Senator Feinstein, let me tell you, she's done a phenomenal job. Uh, she's been a leader on so many issues. And you know, this is uh, and and you know I would you know, when she announced that she was not running as I filed actually the next day after. Uh, She made that announcement because Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure, you know, and I talked to her and to the governor, make sure that uh, everything was clear and and respectful of of her being able to make her uh, announcement when she made it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, I'm me, I'm Barbara Lee, and I think the issues that I'm champion, I've talked about. And Senator Feinstein uh, championed her issue. I certainly intend to champion the assault weapon ban. We need an assault weapon ban. I mean, I'm aligned with her on that. So there are many issues that would be outstanding. I hope we do pass the assault weapon ban before 2024. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I hope that I'm I'm really glad to be able to talk with you. But I hope that um, people understand that um, this is a big deal. And and I want to connect directly with voters. And I want people to see in me someone who sees them and who cares about them and their issues. And I want people to understand that I, I understand the world in which we live in terms of the necessity for global peace and security. And I want people to understand that I'm going to continue to try to get our defense budget under control because I consistently you know, vote against the uh, National Defense Authorization Act because the defense budget is over $840 billion now, and it's too excessive. And I know that um, Senator Sanders has uh, commissioned a report. I believe we found maybe $150 billion that could be saved uh, just um, in waste, fraud, and abuse, <laughs> period. And uh, that those resources need to be brought home. They need to be brought to California and i hope people uh, understand that i do work with all democrats and all republicans i mean my bill to audit the pentagon i did with brover norquist supporting it uh, and wow <laughs> Republic, I, didn't, I didn't know
0: that one okay.
1: <laughs> yeah the pentagon hasn't been audited but we got it in the appropriations bill and we worked it out but it still hasn't been audited so just know Uh, not only do I understand the issues in in California, which is leading on so many issues for the rest of the world, but I understand the the world in which we live in terms of global peace and security. And so you have a candidate who's worked for years and years on foreign policy issues and on domestic issues. And I think that my experience um, matters.
0: Congresswoman Barbara Lee, thank you for being back on It's All Political. I'm Fifth in Mission, and I'm uh, sure we'll be talking many times over the next... 15 months. I
1: hope so.
0: <laughs> I'd like to thank you for listening and hope that you and your family are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Congresswoman Barbara Lee for joining me. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman, for producing this episode. And remember no matter how old you are when you're running for Senate, it's all political. On Fifth and Mission.